Welcome to the Getting the Deal Done podcast series. I'm John Martinka, and my special guest today is Nick Pelly. Nick is the uh, Vice President of Mergers and Acquisitions for BusinessesForSale.com and MergerFault. Welcome, Nick. Thank you, John. How are you? I am doing real good today. Uh, Excellent. It's, it's, a, it's a fun business, and every day is different, which uh, suits my personality. Very good. So how about you? Tell, tell us a little bit about businesses for sale and merger vault, little Absolutely. history and locations and stuff like that. Yeah, so businessesforsale.com on a worldwide basis, we are the largest marketplace for businesses for sale in the world. I know uh, obviously Biz by Sell and others are very dominant uh, in you know the US market, but if you look at us on a collective worldwide basis, businesses for sale. I think up to date, uh, I noticed the figures earlier today, we have about 56,000 listings from around the world made up of, you know, for sale by owner and obviously brokers around the world as well. Um, we're a, a UK based uh, company. Our head office is in London, uh, managed uh, uh, our by our founders, uh, Marcus and Andrew Marku. Um, but we also now have satellite offices around the world. Um, my team and I are based in Charlotte, North Carolina, on the East Coast here. So we manage a lot of our North American operations, you know, from this office. We also have an office in Sydney, Australia as well, and others uh, strategically positioned around the world as well. You know, our goal is obviously to service brokers and people obviously looking to sell their businesses on a, a for sale by owner basis. Okay. So 30 years almost, uh, yeah, what some of the changes you've seen in the online marketplace in those years. Well, I can tell you when I first started in this business, John, we were a paper-based uh, magazine. It actually started with Andrews and and Marcus's father, Demetrius, who ran a an accounting practice, who actually created a bulletin board, um, business to business, uh, that act that did advertise, you know, uh, businesses just in the United Kingdom. Um, I was one of the first uh, employees of the company, and we actually created our first magazine edition, I think, in 1996. And uh, originally, that was sort of a direct distribution to business owners throughout the United Kingdom, which was a very expensive affair. And then we were uh, picked up by a, a distribution company, and uh, we actually were distributed like a magazine throughout the United Kingdom. Uh, and again, that was a very expensive affair as well, obviously printing a monthly edition of that. But we were a full color magazine. You know, we, you know, businesses for sale for many years, particularly uh, that I remember back in the 90s, was always a, a grubby affair. It was sort of classified listings in newspapers, no indexing, you know, no editorial, uh, nothing else like that. So we did come in. We refreshed the, the, the sort of view on that, created uh, great editorials beautifully looking magazine. The only problem with the magazine, John, as I'm sure you know, once you press the print button, everything's out of date. You know, business gets sold, prices change and so on and so forth. And then we heard about this wonderful thing from America called the internet. Um, and we registered the domain name businessesforsale.com. And almost overnight, we transitioned from a paper-based magazine to uh, an online uh, uh, a portal. Uh, which gave us exposure immediately to other English-speaking territories such as US, Canada, Australia, South Africa, and so on and so forth. So 
from not just talking or just talking to UK brokers, we really expanded our breadth overnight. And all of a sudden, you know, we started to dominate and become, you know, as we are the largest marketplace, you know, in the world today. I do think we were probably two or three years ahead of our time. I remember going out, uh, driving around the UK countryside uh, with Andrew, uh, our CTO and, and, and uh, founder. And we were literally, uh, you know, had a mobile um server literally to to actually sh give brokers in the uk a demonstration of what businesses for sale was now on this online portal and, and many of them had never actually seen the internet work you know at that particular time so you know obviously fast forward to today you know we we have fifty six thousand listings from around the world we work with thousands of brokers from around the world um you know we're an extremely uh, uh well visited platform we have hundreds if not thousands of obviously articles uh you know to assist obviously people with with different facets of buying and selling a business and we offer various uh self-service and managed programs so obviously on a self-service basis you know a broker can come to the website they can set up an account they can list their businesses for sale there are some premium features that can they can get involved with but typically it's a self-service uh, uh, option whereby the leads will come through to that broker account and the broker will then follow up with those particular leads. What we've done in the last few years is introduce something called Merger Vault. And this was really born out of requests from brokers to say, look, I'm getting inundated with leads. Is there something you guys can do to help us out with that? And, you know, just after sort of COVID, we, we sort of, you know, redeveloped and, and sort of refocused. And we created something called Merger Vault, where we actually take and work with select brokers uh, from across the US, Canada and, and selected brokers from around the world. And we'll take your higher value businesses. And what we do is, is obviously work with that broker to really sort of understand what it is, you know, that's been sold. So we, you know, we get access to the SIM in most cases. We can obviously you know, review that, which gives us a better opportunity to actually speak to buyers and locate buyers. Our goal is to then filter those buyer inquiries, which come straight to us first. We obviously check buyers, you know, legitimacy. We check their identity. You know, what position are they in? What type of buyer are they? And obviously that's very important these days, as we know there's all sorts of search funds and private equity and family offices and so on and so forth around. But we identify what that particular buyer is, who they are, we interview them, ask about their liquidity, how they are proposing to fund the balance of a transaction, whether they're looking for any seller financing or vendor take book, as they call it up in Canada. And we really build up a picture for that particular buyer. And if they sort of pass our checks, we then present that buyer with a signed NDA back to the broker, um, obviously, we're not brokers. We're not licensed to get involved in any sort of negotiations or anything like that. But our job is to find that buyer at the front end of the funnel and then present it back to brokers such as yourself to say, look, we recommend that you reach out to these particular individuals. And, you know, at every point along the way, we do provide confidentiality. We never reveal the name of the business. Uh, or obviously it's location or website or any, any you know, confidential information to the buyer. Our job is to get you the buyer's information and you can decide if you want to speak to that particular 
buyer in that way. You may already be working with them. And in some instances, you know, I do speak to brokers and present somebody along. And they say, oh, I think we've already spoken to that particular uh, group. So obviously we move on, uh, but we give you the option of who then you speak to in order then to take that forward for you to send out the SIM and obviously have your, your follow-ups from there. So Merger Vault has been around for two or three years. We've really curated our database in that time to really try and play matchmaker. And we're now at the point where we take on a particular listing in a certain location in a certain industry. And I already know the buyers that I think would be a good fit to speak to about that particular business. And I think that's really the service and the quality of that service that we're now providing, you know, back to brokers that we work with in this particular area. Okay. Let's go a different direction here. How did you end up in Charlotte, North Carolina? No, that is a very good question. And I do stick out like a sore thumb uh, up here in Charlotte. Although, you know, I don't know if you're aware, Charlotte, I believe, is now the second biggest uh, uh, city in America uh, financially after New York. A lot of the banks, a lot of the financial institutions have their head office here. So it's very fortuitous that I moved here. But yeah, so I, I ended up in Charlotte. I met a girl. Uh, ended up moving over to uh, to Charlotte, North Carolina, and uh, you know I've been here sort of ever since. But as, as as I said, I'm not sure if you're aware. Charlotte, I believe, is now the second biggest financial yeah. city after New York, you know, in the U.S. So uh, quite fortuitously, you know, we actually do a lot of business here as well. We, you know, there are a number of offices that I visit on a regular basis here. Uh, so I do feel like it's a great location. And obviously, we're only five hours back from our head office and, and three hours from the West Coast. So it kind of works out very well. Okay. So what are you seeing in the marketplace right now? Uh, and then maybe after that, I'll share some of my thoughts on it. You know, I'm seeing quite a good year in the US. I know uh, GDP is up 3.3% in Q4 of this year, which is obviously a a stronger growth than I know Canada and the UK and other parts of the world have experienced. So I'm really encouraged by what I'm seeing in the marketplace in the US uh, right now. I know we're in an uh, election year as well. And, and obviously, whoever the incumbent is, you know, it's typically a feel good factor, uh, you know, for that particular year as we sort of lead up to the election. But, you know, our year started off really well uh, in the US. Uh, we actually have a number of deals that I believe uh, almost a hair's breadth away from closing uh, right now. Uh, obviously, a spillover from last year. Uh, but no, I mean, the activity that we've seen with, with brokers contacting us, talking about Merger Vault, taking one or two of their listings, putting it on, and the surge that we've received from sort of new buyer inquiries has been really encouraging, you know, from our perspective. And I think we're very lucky in the US to have the SBA loan system. I know a number of deals that we are involved with, buyers are obviously taking advantage of that. I know it doesn't work for everybody, but certainly the, the, the 7A type loan uh, system that's available is amazing to have that in the US. I know uh, we don't have that in the United Kingdom. I know many of my Canadian colleagues obviously uh, don't have that. I know they have one or two programs up there, but not sort of as, as widespread and accessible as the SBA loan system is. So. I think with a combination of the economy starting to sort of get back into gear, hopefully uh, interest rates will start to come, you know, further down and, and we can, you know, get some sort of uh, better price capital. Uh, but, you know, all in all, we're, we're very encouraged with what we're seeing right now. Yeah, I 
I am too. I, I we're busy. We've got a lot of stuff in the works. We've got a, a nice pipeline. Um, yeah, and we're we're pretty fussy. We we don't want to take something that's going to need a lot of explaining. We want it to be a good, good, straightforward business or on the buy side, a very qualified buyer. You spoke about Canada and banking. We're working on something in Canada right now. And uh, it's a lot different than I can tell you it was 10 or 15 years ago in Canada with the banks. There, It's a lot more lo loan friendly. Uh, some of their features on uh, the need for personal guarantees and collateral and amount of money down uh, is it's just as improved a lot to to facilitate deals i am not an expert on it but uh it's good you a banker in, in toronto uh, about it so uh that's that's good uh you know given the you know the age of a lot of entrepreneurs and business owners and they they're going to want to get out they may not want to get out but sometimes life has other other plans for people absolutely yeah, and, and we obviously look at a lot of businesses in, in, in very sort of sunny parts of the U.S. as well that I know do attract a lot of Canadian snowbirds, as they call them, obviously moving down from the, the colder climates. Um, and obviously, you know, we're, we're trying to obviously assist those Canadians as well that perhaps don't have, you know, established banking facilities over here in order to finance those, those businesses. So, you know, we certainly welcome, obviously, support through the brokers in order to assist those deals go through. So we have we have quite a number of buyers that listen to this podcast. So what advice would you have for them if they're, you know, let's say you run into a uh, a buyer through something you're you're doing some screening for a broker through Merger Vault. Um what are some tips you have for buyers uh from the start on to, you know, getting into up to when they meet the owner? You know, to me, John, it's a race and it's about putting your, you know, your best foot forward. So whenever we put out a merger vault listing, we see a lot of inquiries come through immediately, even obviously on our buyer qualification side. So our job is now to screen all those buyers. If they're not forthcoming with us to provide relevant information, you know, we have to put them on hold and move to the next buyer. And they may miss out on that opportunity to get that introduction to that particular broker, even though they may well be qualified. If they're not prepared to answer our sort of basic question, some people, you know, some buyers, you know, are not so forthcoming with the direct information that we ask them. Um, whereas others are, you know, other buyers come in, no problem, you know, here's a link to this, this is my proof of funds for that, and so on and so forth. And certain um, brokers that we work with, they do have specific requirements for specific um, uh, businesses. So it's not just about asking the same old questions to a buyer, you know, you know, background and, and identity and how you're going to fund it. It's what is your, you know, specific um, experience in this specific industry? You know, please show examples. You know, do you speak a certain language? Because the particular business does a lot of uh, business overseas um, and so on and so forth. So we actually, you know, we're, we're providing a very custom service to brokers to get your questions answered. And, you know, certain brokers do require proof of fund documents for us to collate up front. And, um, you know, again, certain people are not necessarily prepared to provide those. And that being the case, unfortunately, they may just get held up in the process where somebody else 
you know, is more forthcoming with that. Okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, what you started off with about, you know, showing, so we say a buyer showing all their cards up front. There are people out there who encourage buyers. Don't, don't share your money. Don't share too much on your background. You know, they, they want, they want to see everything on the business without showing much about themselves. And it is a definitely a two way street. Uh, and yeah, that's been going on a long time. I mean, I have something in my files, a, I think it was posted on LinkedIn over 10 years ago, you know, supposedly a letter from a uh, business owner to potential buyers saying all the buyers he's met and how they, you know, they just didn't impress him by, again, not wanting to share and asking detailed questions in the first meeting about the secret sauce of the business and things like that. Yes. No, absolutely. Yeah. So how many people do you have working on the merger vault side? Well, I mean, if you take into consideration, you know, the, the, the techies that we have working and, and, and obviously our deal managers, probably about six or seven people now working more full time on the merger vault side of the business um, just to really help qualify and, and uh, make sure everything flows through, you know, in a very sort of filtered manner for us. So it's really boutique because if you only have that many people, you can't afford to take, uh, you know, uh even a medium percentage of the stuff that gets on businesses for sale. No, we, we, we really focus on, on businesses, John, over here that, you know, are at least a million dollars in value, if not more. And that's really at the low end. I'd say our sweet spots between one and $10 million in value uh, or, or thereabouts asking price. Um, so we're very selective. I mean, if you think about it, uh, you can obviously go to businessesforsale.com, click on buy a business, and in the drop-down menu, you see Merger Vault. I think we only have about 270, 280 Merger Vault listings from around the world. Um, you know, if you put that in, in a proportion of our 56,000 live listings uh, that are, you know, part of the, the regular sort of standardized service, you know, it's not even a fraction of, you know, 0.1%. So, we do provide that very customized, personalized service to brokers. And, you know, as I said to you before, I'm quite an entrepreneurial sort of character. I love to understand, you know, more about each business. I get sort of very excited when I learn about the, the businesses and the opportunities that a new buyer could come in and how they can scale this and grow and, and so on and so forth. And I think, you know, for us, our job is to learn about the businesses that we have on MergerVault in order for us to then go out and, and help find a particular buyer for that. You know, and our job is not to send a broker 50 leads. It's to send you five leads that you obviously then uh, can obviously move forward with. And hopefully they all sort of move forward with, uh, you know, LOIs and so on and so forth. Yeah, I think from my uh, on the sell side, it wading through the uh, unqualified buyers who, you know, is a, an extreme example, think they're going to buy a $5 million business with $100,000 in the bank uh, is is very comparable to, uh, uh, you know, the flip side of, of buyers looking at listings and, you know, seeing a lot of uh, nail shops and delis and dry cleaners when they are a middle management executive who wants something that's, you know, got to, got to, half million 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 and a half dollars of, of earnings every year yeah there's a lot of yeah. filtering there is and we do have to shut some people down obviously that you know they they've been and sort of set sort of expectations um you know I, I, we're, we're selling right now some retail uh centers and and i think you know the these guys are 
you know, the one of them is up for 16 million. Uh, the others are all around the 50 million mark. And, uh, you know, we've got people coming to us right now saying, you know, I've got a million dollars to put down or, or $200,000 to put down. I'm like, it's just not going to cut it. I mean, how on earth are you going to make up that balance in order to, to obviously fund that? You know, please provide us with an explanation that we can obviously justify ourselves because, you know, it's our reputation on the line as well. When we present a qualified lead back to a broker to say, oh, I think you should give this guy a call. And, and if it's, you know, too much of a stretch, you know, it makes us look silly at the same time. So, you know, we obviously want to work with brokers, understand really what they're looking for, for that business, who the relevant buyer should be, you know, how much down payment and so on they think they should have in order to then, you know, go back and, and sort of curate our database. And we actually do reach out to our, our database, uh, you know, directly and say, hey, we've just taken on this opportunity. I think you may be a good fit, but I just want to go over some points with you. And we have those interviews to requalify those buyers because, of course, their circumstances may have changed since they registered with us six months ago. So we obviously go through that requalification process in order to, to determine if they're going to be a good fit and to obviously pass along. I'm going to give two comments on what you just said. You know, first, as you get into larger deals, once you get out of that SBA loan range here in the United States, uh, your percentage of the deal in your capital, in whether it's the buyers or investors or whatever, shoots up because the SBA has a low entry point as a percentage of the deal. Yeah. Uh, and the second thing is, I think you're doing what any good intermediary would do. The first place thing you do when you have a businesses a business for sale is work your database. And you know, we get, I get one to two emails a week from people saying, do you have anything in this? 1 million to 5 million EBITDA, 2 million to 7 million EBITDA. And you just create a database. Yes. No, we, we, we have a, a great database now, it, it, you know, curated, very clean. Um, you know, we, we obviously, you know, reach out to that almost uh, every single day. Um, I do like to send out a little newsletter to, to a lot of those buyers at the end of each month as well. And I think I was late sending it out one particular month and I had a number of buyers contacting me say, did I miss it? You know, what have you got this month? And, and so on and so forth. So we know that the buyers that we've got are active and, and they are, you know, extremely sort of uh, qualified in certain areas. So, you know, it, it, there's a lot more that we can do with the data. We're obviously still building from our side um, and we continue to do so every single day. Yeah. The issue becomes when you see the uh, same people chasing something three years later and you realize, you know, there's a good chance you're not going to pull the trigger. Well, and also, you know, one thing that raises an eyebrow for us is, is a buyer comes in and they're all over the map, you know, looking for different types of deals and, and in a huge array of different industries. And there may be a certainly legitimate explanation in some cases, but, you know, when we see a buyer come in that's so far out of whack with what they're looking for, you know, a million dollar deal here and a hundred million dollar deal there and, and all these different industries, different locations, it, you know, it warrants further investigation from our side. So we, we obviously try and understand what their thought process was why have you applied for this? Why have you applied for that? You know, trying to understand the connection from our side as well. Yeah, I, you know, I advise buyers to be as industry agnostic as possible, but it has to fit your their skills. So if you're a sales sales guy, sales manager, marketing person, 
you're not going to buy the engineering-based business, probably not. And it flips yeah. out too. If it's a sales organization, the engineer type who's really good with operations and product enhancements is probably not going to do well in a sales organization. But other than that, yes. you know, I tell I like to tell a story about a client who bought a company that makes outdoor products, even though he's not an outdoor product person. And he just said, uh, I like making things. And it didn't matter what kind of product he made. He liked making things. Engineer, for sure. That's great. Uh, very good. Yeah. Any final comments, Nick? No, I don't think so. I think, you know, obviously we, we, we're very happy to uh, support you and, and obviously other brokers with a service that we provide. It, you know, uh, it may not be for everybody, but we're certainly, you know, testing the waters with a number of brokers. And, and many brokers have 50, 100, uh, you know, deals listed with us on our sort of main website. And they may say, okay, look, you know, let's test the waters on Merger Vault with one or two deals and let's go from there. And, and that's really sort of how we prove our worth to people, you know, in this instance. And it's been very successful. I know we were involved in a number of closings, as I say, last year. And already this quarter is looking, you know, very good as well. So we, we know we're onto a good thing and, and we do receive a lot of positive feedback from brokers and obviously from the buyers as well. And, and I think our role will be to continue to expand this. So, you know, appreciate you uh, giving us the time to explain Mergeable to you. Yeah. So the best way for uh, people to get hold of, of you is through the businessesforsale.com website? Uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I have a very simple email address. It's just nick, N-I-C-K, at businessesforsale.com. So uh, anybody can email me uh, there, N-I-C-K at businessesforsale.com. Okay. Well, Nick, I appreciate your being on. It's, you know, it's an interesting story about how the, you know, this company almost 30 years ago went from print to internet yeah. and what you do and the merger vault that, you know, helps screen potential buyers and because Absolutely. You know, if you start getting i can tell you if you get flooded with something if you have a good listing uh it, it's very time intensive yes yeah it, it is but you know we're starting to obviously improve our qualification every step of the way i think every day is a learning curve and and we we love to play that matchmaker we love to understand as i say now we we a, a broker starts to explain a whole I'm on a test merger vault with this particular type deal. I already know who to go after. I already know half a dozen, a dozen buyers that I think that may be very well suited for. And then we start our, our database, obviously, search as well and, and, and build up some more. So, you know, it is a good service. We, you know, we do uh, like to take advantage of businessesforsale.com and obviously the great marketing that we have. And we do take those, you know, broker listings to obviously promote that in a premium basis as well. So, John, I appreciate you this and look forward to chatting to you very soon. Yeah. Well, thank you for, for being on here, Nick, and thank everyone for uh, listening to this and hopefully they learned a lot. Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, bye.